may be seated and we'll dismiss our children up to the third grade for children's church. I appreciate the the reading of the the shepherd's narrative there in Luke. I find it fascinating that that night it was shepherds. It was shepherds that God chose to announce the birth of his son. The birth of God in flesh. He brought that message that night to shepherds. Today is, is the first in, in a three-part series that I've, I've chose to call a Christmas Focus. This week and, and next weekend, just to, to focus on some of the implications of Christmas. This week we're going to be looking uh, today at, at the shepherds, and as, uh, uh, as we gather together for our candlelight service on Christmas Eve, we're going to take a look at the sheep, you and I. The sheep that he would come and bring his light to, as Nathan was addressing. And then, Christmas morning. I I don't know about you, I am looking forward to Christmas morning, celebrating our Savior's birth with the family of God. I, I, I really am. So many have said, you know, we have traditions and we have this going and that going. I could think of no better way to start the celebration of Christmas than to gather together as the family of God to celebrate Jesus. And I hope you'll join us that morning because as we do, we're going to look at the Lamb of God. We're going to consider how the shepherd came as the lamb for you and me. What a gift. And as we do, we're going to, we're going to partake together on Christmas morning in communion. To remember the real reason that Christ came. The real reason God sent his son Jesus, as we celebrate in a manger to remember the purpose of his coming. I I look forward to celebrating that gift with you. I look forward to gathering together as a family Christmas morning. But the question has to be asked, why shepherds? Why shepherds? God could have chose anybody to send his angels to. Anyone in the world, including the Magi. And are the Magi on this side or this side? I always forget. They're on one side. But including the Magi, which side? Point for me? That side. There we go. Okay. All right. Of course, that's east, that's west, right? No, that's east. Man, we got it backwards. Oh. Oh, well. (laughs) But you know what? God chose shepherds that night. 
And, and you know, as I've, I've considered this over the years in, in just my, my studies of Christmas, and I don't know about you, but even though the story of Christmas is probably one of the, the oldest stories in the scriptures that I can remember learning from as a child, I'm still amazed as I come to God's word and consider the narrative of God coming in the flesh. I I hope that it still brings an awe and a wonder. I hope as, as we approach Christmas and we read that passage in Luke that some of us could probably quote just because we've heard it so many times that we won't miss the significance. You see, God has a heart for his sheep. God himself has a shepherd's heart. I think that's part of the reason that God came to the shepherds that night. And I've, I've heard countless messages on the shepherds and the significance and all of that. But you know, you look throughout Scripture and God has a shepherd's heart. So many times he's used this imagery throughout. And think about this. Shepherds were not the high class individual. It's speculative whether or not they really had a lowly status. Some think that they may have been the outcast. You know, those guys out there, the hicks or whatever, you know. And, And they just, yeah, they stunk. They smelled. They didn't shower often. Whatever it was, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, because these individuals would be caring for sheep. And and think about it, some of the the people that were elevated in, in their history were shepherds. In fact, in Bethlehem, remember, it's called the city of David. Yeah, the greatest king that Israel had ever had. And he was a shepherd. Kind of a beautiful picture of a shepherd king, too. Abraham, Father Abraham, I mean, there was no one like Abraham, right? Was a shepherd. So was Jacob and his 12 sons. So I'm not sure if they truly were the lowest of the lowest of the low. Honestly, I think that was more the tax collectors, but... But they weren't the esteemed elite. They weren't the kings. They weren't the the religious leaders of the day. Shepherds. Getting away from the hustle and bustle of things out in the fields, probably really, really glad they weren't in Bethlehem. But that night, The angels came to them. And the message they brought, they said, 
was for all people. If it could be for shepherds, it could be for you, it could be for me. This message of the Messiah. Think about this. This was something they had been anticipating, looking for, praying about. And the Messiah had come. And the message was for all. And it was brought to those shepherds that were caring for the lambs. Most likely, the lambs that would one day make the journey to Jerusalem where the temple was to be offered up as sacrifices. How fitting that our Savior, Jesus Christ, would be born in Bethlehem one day to make the journey to Jerusalem to be the sacrifice for you and me. These shepherds, they were keepers. You read the opening verses of that, and they were keeping watch over their sheep by night. Out there reclining under the stars. But watchful, careful, they were observing. These same individuals that God would entrust to be keepers of the message of the coming Messiah. You know, shepherds today still declare that message. I don't think there's as much awe and wonder sometimes as there was that night with their message. The shepherds around the world today and next weekend are declaring the message of the coming Savior. The one who came for mankind. You know what else shepherds are really good at? Searching. They were really good at searching for lost sheep. It's interesting, they would have to go to Bethlehem. They said, let us go and find this baby that that we've been told about. And they were going to search and search for Jesus until they found him. They're good at searching. And when they found him, they worshipped him. I find it interesting today that few people are willing to truly search for Jesus. thing is, is he's not hard to find. I think the problem is, and much like that first time Jesus came, when they find Jesus, he's not what they expect. He's not what they wanted. So often we, we come to Scripture and we find Jesus, and he's not what we expected. He's not what we want. And we see that gift, and we push it aside. But before we look at that baby Jesus, I want us to look 
at God. God as our shepherd. I could think of no better place to take you than King David as he would write the 23rd Psalm. Some of you probably know this by heart, but let me read it for you. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, in this psalm, paints for us one of the most beautiful, intimate pictures of God for you and I. It's interesting, in the word shepherd, David, as he addresses God, gives him an intimate, close title. Up until this point in the Psalms, as as David has been writing, so often he would use terms that in our minds and our hearts almost think of someone distant. He would approach God as king, which he rightly is. But who can approach a king? Deliverer with the power of God. There would be imagery that David would use like a rock or a shield that would sometimes to those feel impersonal. But here as David writes, he uses the term shepherd. Pause and think about that for just a moment. Your God, a shepherd. A shepherd lives with the flock. A shepherd will will care for, feed, minister to the needs. It's, It's a physician, a protector, everything. 
guides the sheep day in and day out. All of a sudden, this distant God became very close. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. You know what that means? If he's your shepherd, there is a possession. You're his. You belong to him. Think about that. There was a price that would be purchased. You and I can declare the same thing, can't we? The Lord is my shepherd. And we understand as we come to the scriptures as a whole, the the price that has been paid to purchase you and I. And he still feeds. He still cares for you and I, doesn't he? He still comes and ministers and guides us through his word. The countless times that he brings comfort and healing. Those times of fear. He's a shelter. Protection. A shepherd God became very intimate to David. I hope and pray this morning that he's not a distant thought as we enter into this, but you understand our God as a shepherd God. This imagery would be used as, as God would proclaim and declare as, as Nathan shared the prophecy of the one who would come. Isaiah would say it in Isaiah 40.11. He says, like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ooze. This was prophecy of the one who would come. As, as the prophets would declare, there would be one that's coming as a shepherd. In Hebrews, we would see that he would be the great shepherd. First Peter declares him as the chief shepherd. And John. John is he records the very words of Christ which show him as the good shepherd. Turn with me to John chapter 10. These are the words of Jesus himself. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, 
and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand. It is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep. He's talking about you and I now. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one has taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. So, so much in that shit passage. But Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came as a good shepherd. Did you notice the I am statements in that passage? What Jesus declares about himself as, as our shepherd? I am the door. The very passage to safety the very passage to salvation and security. The very passage to sustaining life. It's through Christ. I am life. You realize without Christ, this life is meaningless. But not only did Jesus come to give you and I life, but that you and I would be able to experience it, live it abundantly. The greatest life we can have is through Jesus Christ. 
And he says, I am the good shepherd. Psalm 23 summarizes in one word, shepherd, a good shepherd. Good shepherd. Not one that beats, abuses, uses the sheep, but one who cares, nourishes. The one who's willing to die. It's not an I am statement, but he says, I am willing to die for my sheep. He came to shepherd his own, to call them to himself. We come and we celebrate Christmas. We exchange gifts. And sometimes in that gift giving, we miss the greatest gift given. The shepherd coming to his sheep giving himself as the lamb. God, you realize, could have shepherded you and I from his throne in heaven. He's God, he's capable of doing that. He could have remained there and cared for us, protected us, fed us, all of that. But being the good shepherd, he drew very near to his sheep. And he showed us how much he cared in person. Let that sink in. God, capable of doing everything and anything from heaven, came in person. To show us how much he cares. He showed us how to live. In person. He showed us the way. In fact he would say. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one. Comes to the father. But through me. And he did that in person. And God came in person as a baby. That precious little baby. To show you and I in person. You know why? Because you and I were his sheep. And we were lost. We were lost. And like good shepherds do, when their sheep are lost, he went after them. He went searching. And he went to the extent of coming 
for you and I. Lost in our sin. Willing to die. You know, he came. God announced that night to shepherds that the good shepherd had come for his sheep as a lamb. And he did it in person. I pray that as we focus this Christmas season on what he has done, God in the flesh, that we would have a greater picture and understanding of the implications of the shepherd coming. We're going to look at the sheep he came to bring light to during our candlelight service this Christmas Eve. Saturday, I hope you'll join us at 5 as we remember and celebrate the light coming to the darkness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We sing carols and songs about the shepherds. We sing songs that speak of your coming as a baby.